Welcome to Walk Around the Block, where today we're going to get social. Hello, hello, hello. It's a very January day here today. (laughs) Cold and blah, some snow flurries earlier. Like my hair was down and I put it up and I literally noticed right away (laughs) that like my neck got cold. (laughs) So I was saying last week, in spite of the blah of the whole month, I love New Year's Day. It's one of my favorite days of the whole year and I was really leaning into it this year. I feel like the crazier the end of the year is, the more all in I am with New Year's Day. This year, the end of the year was crazy. So I was really feeling it. I was all in. So in my happy new year (laughs) burst of energy, I signed up for two email series. I didn't seek them out. I was kind of clicking around on my phone as you do. And I saw these things and they're like, sign up here for more. And I was like, okay. So the first one, I alluded to this. The first one was 30 Days of Yoga. It's a series on YouTube. I do like yoga. I will say, though, I haven't done a ton of yoga on YouTube, like a tiny little bit. I would say a handful of times. But someone I follow posted about it, and I was like, you know, I probably haven't properly stretched in like a month. My hips feel like someone has taken a sledgehammer to them lately. You know, why not? It's designed to be 30 straight days. I wasn't going to do that, but I was like, you know, I'll try doing it most days and just work my way through. I said last week I made it four days. Three days? I can't remember. (laughs) It might have been three days. (laughs) Three or four days. Uh, I do like to do yoga to music. There's no music in these. So I did have to adjust to that. But, you know, overall, I think I was just not in the mood. It was a little hard for me to just like want to do it. I don't know why. I like yoga. I was glad when I did do it, but the idea of it, I just didn't really want to. (laughs) She does say, by the way, that's a possibility. She's like, the hardest part is showing up. Just get on the mat. But I didn't. I got off the mat. (laughs) So, So I stopped. And then on Monday, I was like, maybe I'll start again but then didn't. (laughs) And then finally I did. And, you know, it's going fine. You know, the switch flipped. I got on the mat and it's good. So far, so good. Everything's going well. I think we might even make it to day 30. We'll see. The other thing I signed up for was this seven-day happiness challenge from the New York Times. I was on this New Year's endorphin rush, like seven days. Okay. Okay, so it was a little different than I thought it would be. I thought it would maybe be like, I don't know, go for a walk, learn a new hobby. I mean, we've all read a thousand of those lists. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Those things are important. This was better. It was more memorable. The whole thing was about relationships. So this is the premise they're working off of. In 1938, these Harvard researchers wanted to figure out what makes a person thrive. So they started this study. They got over 700 people to participate, and they followed them all throughout their whole lives. Every two years, they asked them a bunch of detailed questions. Every five years, they got health records from them. 
Later on, uh, you know, I, as technology progressed, I guess, they included brain scans and DNA samples. 25 of the participants even donated their brains to research. The study's still going. 85 years later, it's still going. It's expanded to over 1,300 of their descendants. They say it's the longest-running in-depth study on human happiness in the world. And the conclusion they've come to is that strong relationships are the most important component of a happy life, more than how much money you have or how smart you are. They said, you know, people hear about the importance of exercise. There's so much attention paid to that, but your social fitness is just as important as your physical fitness. So the first day you take a quiz to kind of assess the situation. You know, they're like, some people need a lot of friends. Some people need a couple good friends. It's fine. Some people are extroverts who like to go to parties. Some people are introverts who would rather go hiking with one friend. It's fine. It's all fine. You just have to be conscious of what counts as making an effort for you. So day one kind of lays the groundwork. Then every day they send you a different article with that day's tip. They were all very realistic. Day two, I thought was so funny, but so good. They called it the secret power of the eight-minute phone call. (laughs) There's this psychotherapist they talk to who says, hearing the voice of someone we care about is emotionally regulating. In eight minutes, she says, this is a quote, she says, I can call my friend Mary Beth from high school and say, I love you so much. Here's what's happening. Or listen, you know, I want to run something by you really quickly It's a short period of time, but you can get a lot in and it's deep enough that all the bonding hormones start to hit. So they said the hurdle people have with calling each other (laughs) is that they never know when someone is free, um, if the person is in the mood to talk, how long they want to talk. People put it off. They think, you know, I'll call later when I have a lot of time. They did a study on this. They quoted from it. They said people almost never want to talk for the same amount of time. (laughs) Some people want a long phone call. Some people want a short phone call. But if there's a defined expectation and everyone knows going in, they have a hard out, they are way more likely to do it. Plus, eight minutes is super easy to fit in. I mean, it's true. I could call someone on my way to Target pickup and be off the phone by the time they get to my car. But even though it's a quick investment of time, there's a big payoff. People say they feel less lonely, less anxious. The writer of the article said she texted her good friend who she's known for like 30 years. They can never seem to connect. So she texted her and was like, I want to call you for eight minutes. When's a good time? (laughs) Her friend was like, that seems weird. (laughs) She was like, come on, you can do it. Even the president can probably fit in eight minutes. Tell me when. So she did. They got on the phone. They covered all this ground in eight minutes. A couple updates, a little gossip, book recommendations, all on Tina, her friends, all on Tina's way to the dry cleaner. I thought that was such a funny but actually pretty smart idea. I do think, I will say, I do think Marco Polos are a good substitute in a pinch. Same general concept, but, you know, a good suggestion. Um, Okay, so day three. Day three was small talk. Just like random people you see out and about. Like, oh, how's your day going? Oh, you have a cute baby. Oh, have you ever tried that shampoo? It smells really good. (laughs) Uh, The article says these little moments boost your mood all during the day. 
this psychiatry professor at Harvard, who's one of the directors of the study, calls them friendly moments of uplift. As often as you can, seek them out and notice them. Um, They don't seem that important, but they have a direct impact on your happiness. They said it's very rare that someone will be rude to you or ignore you if you make an attempt, (laughs) even if that's what it seems like. (laughs) They might be distracted or something like that, but if it does happen, they said it's fine. The person doesn't even know you, so you don't even have to take it personally. I love talking to random people sometimes, but I have to say I am probably out of the habit a little bit. I'm like rushing around, not paying attention. I'm always a little surprised when someone says something to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but but I do think it's nice. Um, okay, so day four. Day four, the wording was kind of funny, but they call it give a living eulogy. Basically, like tell people you're grateful for them, what you appreciate about them, thank them for the things they do. They said writing a note of appreciation to someone, even if it's like a text, has an immediate positive impact on both people. So that's good. Okay, so day five was about the importance of work friends. I have a few work friends in particular that were slash are (laughs) so funny. My husband knows them too. It's the same thing for him. They're so funny. There's like, there's these bizarre moments that happen sometimes. There are moments with them. I have literally never laughed harder in my entire life. (laughs) Uh, So I love hearing from them. It could be months. It can be something completely random, a little thing that happened, something we all used to say. It doesn't matter. I love it all. My one friend texted me this week. He said he was watching the NFL game and saw a promo for The Bachelor, and he was like aghast at one of the girls on the commercial. (laughs) He was like, this girl just blurted out, if I don't get a rose, I'm going to burn this house down. (laughs) He's like, I mean, what is going on here? (laughs) It totally made me laugh. I was like, well, I guess she better get a rose. Anyway, so we have these great friends. It was a little bit of a unique environment. Sometimes I'll be like, you know, will we ever experience that again? And my husband's like, probably not, which is probably true, but but work friends are still important. So they say a workplace can really be anything. It doesn't have to be the traditional definition. They said it can be anywhere you go to regularly, a class, a school, a place you volunteer, a coffee shop in your neighborhood. Before I moved, I went to this yoga class on Thursday nights. Uh, there were a couple of us who kind of got to know each other. They would always save my spot for me when I was running late, you know, which made me feel connected, made me feel seen. Uh, there was a place here and a place where I used to live where I would take my laptop to write and I would see the same girls a lot. We'd always just say hi, check in, chat for a sec, things like that. So, so there's a few ways you can approach this. One is that you pay attention to what people say in group settings and then follow up. People are like so surprised and happy that you paid attention to what they said in the first place and then remembered it (laughs) on top of that. (laughs) Uh, They also said if someone offers to help you with something, say yes. Don't say no because you think it will inconvenience them. Just say yes. A couple other suggestions are to be curious, to compliment someone, And also to suggest doing something that only takes a couple minutes. In my old job, it was going to the calf, walking to the cafeteria and back. 
People always walk to the cafeteria together. (laughs) Um, In the article, they suggest asking the person, do you want to take a quick walk around the block with me? (laughs) I definitely suggest that. (laughs) Send them the link. (laughs) Just kidding. But you know, lots of options. (laughs) Uh, Day six, don't cancel. I kind of laughed at that one. The psychiatry professor was quoted. He said, it can be tempting to just stay home rather than socialize. We'll think, I know I'm going to be happy if I stay home and watch Netflix, but not if I go to that party. (laughs) I told my husband about that. I was like, that is so true. Especially when you're in kind of a mood. Like, probably you will feel better if you go and talk to people, but in the moment, you're like, oh, but I know I'll feel better if I get under a blanket and watch TV. (laughs) It definitely feels like the safer bet sometimes. Um, But then the professor goes on to say, this is from the story, interacting with other people often, quote, improves our mood and makes us happier than we expect it will. Making the choice to go out and be with people involves risk, usually just a small one, but offers the possibility for encounters that are enlivening, interesting, or just plain fun. So takeaway, if you say you're going to go, and technically you can go, (laughs) then just go. (laughs) Uh, The article says you might feel out of shape, like your social fitness level might not be at peak level, (laughs) but just like you wouldn't run a marathon after sitting on the couch for three months, you don't have to go to a party with people you don't know for three hours right out of the gate. Just make a quick plan with someone and do it. Like a quick half hour. You know, I have to be somewhere at three, but let's go get a smoothie real quick. I know. It feels like a lot of work. <laughs> you can always just meet at Target. They they also said group things that meet regularly are really good, like a book club or a church group or like a softball team. Day seven was basically like keep it going. You know, be specific and intentional. Be consistent. And this is an interesting one. Make an otherwise routine thing into kind of a special ritual. Like Thursday morning coffee was the example, but whatever it is, that's a good idea. I will try not to make restarting 30 days of yoga a weekly ritual in 2023. (laughs) Unless I do it with other people, then it's okay. (laughs) All right, that's it for today's Walk Around the Block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Walk the Block Pod. Subscribe or follow on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already and I'll see you next week. Bye.